Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on the sportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. It is greatly appreciated. Oh, so very much. And I want to thank all of you for listening to once again another full season of Purple Mafia. This is, gosh, what is it, the eighth season already? Seventh season? Seventh season already of Purple Mafia. Eighth overall since I started Paladino Live on YouTube the year before I started Purple Mafia back in 07. Crazy. And that year obviously ended with the uh, New England Patriots losing by a very, very narrow margin to the New York Giants on Paladino Live on <laughs> on the sportstuff.com. My very first, uh, my actually my second podcast ever, episode two of Paladino Live, ended with the New York Giants narrowly beating the Patriots at the last second. Deja vu, deja vu, deja vu with the, uh, the Seattle, the uh, New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. My goodness, things uh, finally <laughs> go the other way at the last moment this time around. Oh, and well, if only it could have happened a different way the other two times. But <clears throat> that's just a hint of what we're going to talk about. Unfortunately, Dylan Richardson unable to join. And <laughs> it's kind of a long story with myself as to why the show wasn't recorded sooner. Because I would have loved to have this recorded the Monday or Tuesday right after the Super Bowl. Fresh as all heck. Dylan Richardson on the other line over there. We're just having a good time. Happy as heck about who won the Super Bowl. Happy as bleep. <laughs> what a great game it was. So much to talk about back and forth. But <laughs> just uh, I had a schedule change at work because I needed to get trained on something. And yeah, I know it's like, who cares? This is Purple Mafia, not Joey's life. Yeah, I know, but still, got to tell you why it took so long. Yeah, I had a schedule change at work and then I fell and almost broke my wrist and almost cracked or broke my ribs. Instead, I bruised my wrist and bruised my ribs. Contusions. Contusions, as Mark as a forecaster would say. Uh, and it just kind of threw me off. I still could have done it, but I just was kind of stressed out, going crazy, because the training is a little bit scary at first with the pretty important process that I'm learning at work. It's just about wrapped up now, thank God. Uh, schedule change, all that good stuff. I was just thrown off, and I didn't hear from Dylan, and I didn't message him right away. And then I started to finally message him like a week later. Didn't hear from him right away. He wasn't feeling good. I wasn't feeling good. Blah, blah, blah. It just kind of kept dragging on. Then he got busy and this and that. And and then it, the communication started to kind of go downhill. It's just so unfortunately un, unavailable. And then it got to be two weeks later. And yeah, the show needs to get done. So obviously no animosity towards anybody. If anything, I'm the idiot for not getting my butt on here with Dylan Richardson the first two days or so after the game. Deeply apologize to you out there. Deeply apologize to Dylan because I know he wanted to be on here. Sure he did. So I apologize to you, Dylan. You don't have to apologize to me because I know he was uh, sad. You know, he was sorry that he couldn't come on, you know, and he told me that. So just letting you know. Sorry I drug that out, but had to explain what the hell is going on. Luckily, that didn't drag too far. Mick Tinglehoff is a Hall of Famer. Congratulations <laughs> to Mick Tinglehoff. Finally in the NFL Hall of Fame. It only took about 950 years. And you'll hear me talk about it more on the... Uh, the Facebook page, the fan interaction. Two segment show as our postseason shows are traditionally, and they will be this way throughout the off season, like in State of the Vikings 2015, where I hope to have Sebastian Balls on, hopefully. <laughs> because, man, you know, do you know why I do solo shows? Well, A, I enjoy it, and I do a good job on solo, I think, and I've heard it a million times. I am very good behind the mic while going solo or with somebody, but solo. 
I mean, a lot of people have a hard time with it. I don't. It's hard to book people on this show because schedules change and I, I work second shift most of the time and other people have their time, their best schedule, their this, their that, their needs, their wants, their their sudden schedule changes as well or they're not feeling good and it just gets unbelievable. It just wears at my brain because <laughs> I'd like to get the show done and I need to get the show done and when I'm by myself, I can just do the show whenever the hell I want. Doggone it. Rather than hope to God that they're available. So, again, not a shot at anybody, but just saying it's it's tough. So, hopefully, Sebastian will be available. We'll probably work something out, because it's not like the schedule will be quite as tight for that one, I would hope. State of the Vikings will be coming up very soon. And, of course, that'll be a, uh, you know, that'll be what it is. A review of the Minnesota Vikings season and all that good stuff. Not like an uh, uber detail, but mostly talking about the most viable player, Biggest disappointment, biggest uh, surprise, all that good stuff. All that good stuff. Uh, And then we will talk about the draft and free agency. Free agency first, of course. Who we're looking at, who would fit, all that good stuff. Who we think the Vikings will target. And, of course, we'll talk briefly about the draft. And then the next show will be more heavy into the draft and probably talking about the free agents that were signed or lost. All that good stuff. So you get the idea what's going to be coming up in the next weeks and next few weeks and months. Let's get to the game, shall we? Because that's the good news. There's only one game to review and zero games to preview. This won't be too hard. I miss you, Dylan, though. I miss you. Hopefully he's listening. Hopefully I didn't... (laughs) Hopefully I didn't give him the impression like I was mad at him. Because I'm not. Uh, This was one for the ages, folks. And it was so freaking satisfying. I can't even tell you. I can't even tell you how freaking satisfying it was. Two weeks later, I still feel it, man. I still feel it. Oh, my God. I still feel the jubilation, the joy. And I wish I could have gotten it out a little bit sooner. But, okay, I've said that too much. Oh, man. Um, okay, right out of the gate. Plain as day. Patriots have the ball. Plain as day. They were going to take a conservative passing game approach. And they weren't going to hand the ball off too much to uh, their version of uh, <clears throat> beast mode. He's like mini beast mode, like Garrett Blunt. I guess he was kind of that against the Colts. Deflate this, deflate that, whatever. I, you know what? Whatever. <laughs> Some people took it too far. Other people, uh, you know, just, yeah. Uh, but clearly, it was going to be a conservative passing approach by the New England Patriots and virtually no running game. They were going to rely on Tom Brady because he's clearly by far the franchise of the New England Patriots. If they're going to win a fourth Super Bowl under the same quarterback and same head coach, it's going to be under that quarterback and the head coach's game plan. And that's exactly what took place on <laughs> on Sunday, the 1st of February. Yes. Uh, or was it the 2nd? Whatever it was, right? <laughs> I'm so stupid. Uh, yes, it was the 1st. <clears throat> Duh. Very conservative approach. And you know what? I was like, of course. Of course they're taking a conservative approach because the Green Bay Packers got all willy-nilly. And then Mr. Aaron Rodgers went from... I mean, well, he had several interceptions along the way. And in fact, the annoying part is this game started in a very similar way as the NFC Championship game. Because Tom Brady, regardless if they were conservative passes or not, they were being completed. They were being completed. They were marching down the field, moving the bleeping chains, which is the object of the game of football. Regardless if it's pretty, conservative, whatever the bleep it is, if it's aggressive, if it's this or that, if the ball's deflated, if the ball's overflated, if the ball's made out of rubber, if the ball's, if, if he's throwing a basketball, regardless what it was, they're moving the chains. They're moving the chains. And that's what the Patriots did. 
But the next thing you know, again, like I said, it starts just like the NFC Championship game. All that work for not Interception in the end zone. Damn it. <laughs> uh, and then we saw one of the nastiest injuries ever. Well, not ever, but a very nasty injury to Jeremy Lane. A valuable cornerback. Not the elite cornerback on that team, but a valuable one. And we'll talk about that elite cornerback and all of his antics. <laughs> so satisfying. <laughs> but uh, I felt for Jeremy Lane because just a few days before, well, Monday, the last week, the last Monday of uh, January, I nearly broke my wrist. A very awkward fall on a concrete after slipping on ice. Nervous as bleep going in for my training, and I still went in that day. So Brett Favre of Awajin here <laughs> did not miss a single day of work with badly bruised ribs and a bruised wrist. Didn't miss a day of work. Yeah, but I could have been really screwed if that thing broke. Oh my god. <laughs> but unfortunately for Jeremy Lane, he wasn't so lucky. Because after the interception and he was upended and knocked away by Edelman, he put his hand out to stop himself as he's traveling forward at a high pace. While returning the ball, his hand was obviously the first thing to hit the ground. He kept moving, his hand stopped moving. And next thing you know, it looked like he was wearing a stocking on his hand. But unfortunately, his hand was still there. And it looked like a stocking, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it looked like a stocking because there's nothing holding his hand and his arm together anymore. <laughs> it was kind of like gelatin, and um, he really broke his wrist. Uh, that had to hurt. I felt bad for him. The way he went down, I, I thought it was a knee injury, but unfortunately it was an extremely nasty uh, wrist injury. So speedy recovery for Jeremy Lane. Hate your team and all that stuff, but feel for him. That sucks. That kind of injury is just not fun, and I've had a broken wrist and a broken arm on the same arm and with just inches away from each other as I look at the poor veteran right now. <laughs> Survived another fall this time. Whew. Either Reddick or whatever it is, it's been through hell. Poor Jeremy Lane. I mean, that sucks. It doesn't help. And uh, that was the end of his night. But luckily, Seattle Sea Chickens were Seattle Sea Chickens on their first couple drive attempts, and they were three and out. New England Patriots defense looked strong. Ah, nervous as bleep as I was, I felt kind of good. I felt kind of confident because the Patriots went down the field with the same approach, and this time they did score a touchdown. I was pretty happy about that. Pastor Brandon LaFell, the former Bronco, 11 yards out. Tom Brady, clutch, solid, nice. New England rocking and rolling. Then Seattle starts to get aggressive, starts to say, man, we've had two two, two and outs or three and outs already. Patriots were stopped the second time around or third time around, whatever. Uh, and Seattle got more aggressive and they got in with their beast mode. And I'm like, yeah, then I start getting nervous. Patriots come back again. This is all in the second quarter, because the first quarter was a lot of three and outs and such <laughs> after that interception. But yeah, Seattle finally started getting things going. And then the this was awesome, like the way they, <laughs> the Patriots got a little bit more aggressive and they started throwing to Gronkowski and started throwing a little bit deeper to Edelman. And then Patriots take a lead into the half. Very cool. That gave me, that gave me a wonderful feeling. Oh no, they're not going to take the lead into the half, are they? No, they're not, because... Uh, yeah, it just didn't work out, did it? Mm. Seattle was able to tie it up. Yeah, Seattle was able to tie it up because they got aggressive and they're miracle workers and, oh, they're just magic and we got to hear about that for the next 15 years because they're going to win two straight Super Bowls. And, oh, I couldn't take it anymore if that were to happen. Russell Wilson hit Chris Matthews. 
was like, who the hell is that? Yeah, his first touchdown ever <laughs> in the Super Bowl, 11 yards out, tie game. They only had 30 seconds, and they were able to get all the way down the field like it was nothing. And I'm like, man, this is why I hate Seattle. <laughs> Another reason why I hate them. Not only is Richard Sherman and freaking Baldwin, who's even worse than Sherman in this one, Cocky of not not only are they cocky no nobody's worse than Sherman they're both equal uh, cocky is bleep not only are those guys cocky is bleep but every time Russell Wilson throws the ball he's pretty much a touchdown give me or not a touchdown but I mean every time he throws heaves the ball in the air somebody just magically catches it in the right place right time and there they go down the field and the Seahawks did tie it up that made me pissed I was really worried scared at this point momentum was completely on Seattle's side. After that, and it remained that way as they came out in the half. The half scored on their first drive again. Only a field goal, thank God. The Patriots were able to stop them to a field goal. Next thing you know, (laughs) Sea Chickens got the ball back. Patriots couldn't get anywhere. Interception by Brady. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute, but there's still a chance. I mean, how eerily similar was this to the Baltimore game in a sense? How eerily similar was it (laughs) in this sense? An interception by Brady. Next thing you know, Seattle goes on and scores, and it's a 10-point game. Just like the Baltimore game. Just like the Baltimore game. And, of course, Doug Baldwin with his classy play ever, like he's taking a dump on the football. Seriously, do you have better things, better thoughts in your head when you're in a fucking Super Bowl? (laughs) Okay, pardon my language. (laughs) Yeah, I might want to clean that up, but (laughs) pardon my language. But uh, when you're in a Super Bowl... Is that the best you can do? I mean, can you get a little bit classier than that? That would be appreciated. (laughs) Seriously, Baldwin. Seriously, man. And I'm sure Dylan would have dropped an F-bomb, but whatever. i got to stop even saying what I said. But when Seattle was, uh, boy. Next thing you know, Seattle up by 10. Things got even scarier and scarier. (laughs) But then the... Patriots, uh, finally the momentum started to change and Brady was like, enough's enough. we got to get going here. They took up a ton of time off the clock. Very, very conservative approach, but again, moving the chains like they were earlier in the game. Beautiful pass to Danny Amendola. Wound up with a score, making it 21-24. <laughs> Seattle still ahead. And the Patriots needed to get a stop like they needed to breathe, and they got it. Next thing you know, another clutch drive by Tom Brady, and it's his fourth touchdown pass, and it's to Julian Edelman, and he's doing that Michael Jordan fist pump. How beautiful was that? But like every other Super Bowl, as obviously this is the main theme, I was just... <laughs> like every other Super Bowl the New England Patriots had been in. Every other Super Bowl the New England Patriots had been in. The last few times against the New York Giants, anyway. Not every Super Bowl, but the last three... There's just too much time on the clock. I, I was hoping the Patriots were going to eat up that clock as much as possible. Unfortunately, Seattle had their timeouts, just like the Patriots. Seattle had their timeouts, so you knew that was going to be a problem one way or another, that they were going to have some time. And the Patriots had to score, regardless. And, of course, you do want that touchdown like you need to breathe because the field goal doesn't tie the game up. Or, of course, win the game for Seattle. They have to score a touchdown the next time around. <laughs> but... um Boy, just too much time left on the clock, unfortunately. It just seemed a little bit too quick, just like 2007, just like 2011. Was I going to hear it again, that the stars were not aligned for the Patriots? 
No, I wasn't going to hear that. But we'll get back to that. Uh, again, the Pasco of Doug Baldwin, though. I mean, just think about the both both things that occurred on that touchdown to, to Doug Baldwin. Two things occurred in that play. And what did I say earlier in the season, ladies and gentlemen, that nobody was able to click like on or favorite, meaning click like on it on Facebook or favorite it on Twitter. What did I say to Richard Sherman? What did I say? Well, not only was I 12-0 and 0 in the postseason, and this isn't about bragging, it's just about, hey, this is a fact. I was 12-0 and 0 in my predictions in the postseason. Listen back to the shows. First round, second round, third round, Super Bowl. Who did I pick in those games and who won those games? I was 12-0, and 0, undefeated, but I wasn't done there because there was one final thing I said back in the season, back during the regular season. Note to Richard Sherman, Pride comes before a fall, and you're no exception. Your day will come. Well, doggone it. <laughs> Richard Sherman didn't get beat on an 80-yard touchdown pass or anything. But Tom Brady completed the passes he needed to complete and completed enough passes to give the Patriots 28 points versus Seattle's 24. Oh, and by the way, 24. The number of Daryl Revis. That Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, no, he's not that kind of guy. That Richard Sherman was flashing in the camera after Doug Baldwin, at the same time as classy as ever, wanted to take a dump on the football, like because he's just such a classy person. After he put the Seahawks up by ten, just what the hell was he thinking by doing that anyway? I'm not about moral police. It's about class here. This is the Super Bowl. This is the biggest game of your life, and that's the best you can do, man. That's the best you can do is diss a team that's won three championships, diss a cornerback. <laughs> that was that was Richard Sherman before Richard Sherman was Richard Sherman without the big mouth and without the attitude. I mean, they all talk, but nobody talks more than Richard. But what did Richard Sherman flash in front of the camera? Oh, two, four, touchdown. Well, how many points did Seattle score? And yes, I know this is flashed all over Twitter and all over Facebook, but I gotta say it. How many points did Seattle score? How many points did Seattle score? They thought they were going to just run up the score in New England, didn't they? Didn't they? Pride came before a fall, Richard Sherman. The next thing you know, the next image you saw of Richard Sherman on the sidelines was him crying because of what took place on the very last, well, the very last non-garbage play of the game. Because after that, it was garbage. It was over. They just had to play it out and run the clock down, did the New England Patriots, for the most part. There was one final play after that that uh, (laughs) got me laughing, got me dancing. Oh, man. And I don't dance, but I'm just saying, just dancing in my head. But proof that the Stars were on the side of the New England Patriots this time (laughs) was the fact that they looked like they were totally on the side of Seattle because it happened again. Not only a quick, 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 quick pass to Beast Mode, Marshawn Lynch. I'd rather call him than Beast Mode because I'm not joining the mob on that one. Good for him. He's Beast Mode. We're happy for him. Marshawn Lynch. (laughs) Quick pass to him. That was like right away. Several yards down the field. Oh, goody. I was so pissed off. So frustrated. I couldn't even breathe. I was just so freaking annoyed. Uh, Next thing you know, well, that was just one play, but there was another deep play. But then next thing you know, there's the tip. <laughs> the ball thrown way in the air 
Because anytime Russell Wilson just heaves it in the air like he did against Green Bay, regardless of who you wanted to win that game, it was still irritating to watch that they can do whatever they want. They're invincible. They're the Seahawks. They're invincible. They can do whatever they want, regardless of how risky it is. Regardless if it's intelligent. Just heave the ball in the air. And I know there was a play designed and there's more to it than just heaving the ball in the air. But it's still a risky play, regardless of how good you are, how accurate you are, how well designed the play is. The ball bounces off the guy's foot and and he catches it, and you got to be kidding me, it's a goal line, and it's like, yep, the Patriots screwed again, another total BS, lucky play, uh, that would lead to the final play of the game, and the other the other team, be it the Giants, or the Seattle Seahawks, winning the Super Bowl, and the Patriots, <laughs> losing three in a row, with the same BS, taking the lead late, but with still plenty of time for the other team to do something, Plenty of time for the other team to do something. And the Seahawks just did it, didn't they? Okay, not quite. They hand the ball to Marshawn Lynch, who was who went forward very easily. <laughs> went forward a good 3-4 yards very easily. Very, very, very easily, didn't he? So easily, it looked like they just got to do that one more time. Yeah. And I know you already saw this, but I'm just saying. <laughs> That's all he had to do. But then, <laughs> I'm just sitting there. Like, it happened again. Whatever. Screw this. Let's just kind of try not to walk. Try and uh, just, just, let's just see what happens. Whatever. They're going to lose. The Patriots. And we saw what happened, didn't we? <laughs> we saw what happened. Pride comes before a fall. And, invi- and nobody in the National Football League is invincible. Nobody. I don't care how gutty you are, how many miracle plays you might have. That magic wand is going to run out of magic. And the Seattle Seahawks ran out of magic, didn't they? They did. <laughs> they were trying to trick the Patriots, I'm sure, because I know the Patriots, yeah, they knew the Patriots were thinking Marshawn Lynch, Marshawn Lynch, Marshawn Lynch. But luckily, Bill Belichick knew exactly what to do, regardless of what the play was. He's got his team prepared. And a guy that's never intercepted a pass, just like Seattle had never, the Seattle guy had never caught a touchdown. That being Mr. Matthews there. Never caught a touchdown in his career. Never. Chris Matthews. Yeah, just like Chris Matthews on the <laughs> on TV. Yeah, whatever there. But, uh, yeah. Just the most happy moment, man. <laughs> a guy I'd like to give. I would absolutely like to give the key to Golden Valley because it was such a great play. But I'm sure they, yeah, they can't give it the key to Boston because I don't think they're going to be able to do that. Old Malcolm Butler. With the interception and the play of his life, the way he just... Got in there and knocked the guy away. Made the interception. I, I just couldn't believe it. I fell to the floor. Oh my God. They won. I can't believe it. And that's basically how I reacted. And so did Tom Brady. That's how he reacted. I mean, he bombed Tom Brady. was looking at the... You could just see the look on his face. I can't believe it happened again. But no, it didn't happen again. Because the stars were on the sides of the New England Patriots this time. Three men cried. And two of them I felt semi... One of them I felt sincerely sorry for. One of them I felt semi-sorry for. And the other one, I said, in your face, bitch. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm getting a little vulgar on this show, and I apologize. I'm getting way too vulgar. It's going to get explicit label, and I'm probably alienating some people that might not want to hear that. I apologize. Um, Though I'm not sure too many people listen to Purple Mafia in front of their kids anyway. Just put your earphones on, man. (laughs) Right? Um, no offense to anybody anyway, but I, I felt sad for, 
Russell Wilson. He 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 really looked like he was going to cry, and I'm sure he did cry. I did feel bad for him there. Yet at the same time, it was a terrible. It was it was, not only was it a bad play call by Pete Carroll and Daryl Bevel, but it was a terrible. Uh, it was a terrible throw. Uh, ultimately, I mean, it wasn't the worst throw ever, but luckily for Malcolm Butler, he was able to catch it. Because if that ball was simply batted down, Seattle has another chance. Was it a risky play by Mr. Bill Belichick to let the clock keep running? God, yes. <laughs> God, yes. Because if Seattle does score, the game's probably over. You're going to have to hope to just heave it in the air, and those never work. Unless you're Russell Wilson and the ball knocks off someone's foot, or unless you're Eli Manning and the ball bounces off someone's helmet, or, or Manningham stays in bounds by the, by the freaking... <laughs> by a, literally a hair, a fraction of a hair... Still, to this day, don't know what the heck happened there with Manningham and that catch. That guy basically never really played again. He went to the 49ers and just was on the injured list forever, or whatever it's called, injured reserve. Don't really know about Manningham anymore. No one knows who the heck David Kyrie is. Tyree, Tyree. I'm thinking of Kyrie Irving. David Tyree. Who the hell is David Tyree? Well, he's known for one great play. Yeah, and I'll talk about another guy who's known for a play in Green Bay who's coming to Minnesota here in a second. You guys know who that is. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I felt semi-sorry for Pete Carroll because, I, I mean, he felt bad. He legitimately felt bad. In some ways, he comes off as arrogant. I, I wouldn't say he's arrogant. He's, he's obnoxious. There's a difference between arrogant and obnoxious. He's just a hyperactive, feel-good type of person, you know, I don't hate Pete Carroll. I don't particularly love him either. But the way he handled things after that game, you know what? I'm not rubbing it in his face. I'm not. Um, I'm not. Russell Wilson handled things well too. Um, they defended. They, they defended the play call as much as they could. But at the same time, they're like, you know, Russell Wilson came to a point. It's on me. You know, it's on me. Don't blame anyone else. <sighs> It's on all of them. It's on all of them. I mean, pride comes before a fall. You, you're not invincible. <laughs> you know, you know, and obviously if <laughs> if Mr. Mr. Uh, Lynch is brought down, you could probably run another play and you'd probably get in. <laughs> the odds are he probably would have got in anyway, but who knows. It's on you guys. You're not invincible. You're not. Uh, and obviously New England wasn't invincible either, but luckily they were ready to make the play. And this time, unlike the other two times, they were able to make the play they needed to. They got the interception. A simple bat down last time wouldn't have guaranteed them a Super Bowl, but an interception would have in both cases versus the New York Giants. Just imagine if the New England Patriots were celebrating a sixth Super Bowl. Could you imagine? (laughs) We wouldn't be talking about Deflategate. We wouldn't be talking about Spygate. We wouldn't be talking about anything else. We wouldn't even be talking about the seven feet of snow they're having in Boston. We'd be talking about this, ladies and gentlemen, is one of the greatest teams ever, <laughs> ever in the history of sports, and it is the greatest dynasty in the history of football. Beyond, I mean, without an with, absolutely without a doubt, because the Pittsburgh Steelers have six Super Bowl championships, greatest overall franchise in Super Bowl history. Sure, yeah, but the Patriots would have six with the same coach and same quarterback. That's the greatest ever. That's GOAT or whatever they call it. Uh, Tom Brady, is he the greatest quarterback ever? He's in the conversation. 
He's in the conversation. I mean, he's made six Super Bowls. He lost two, won four. The other argument, obviously, is, you know, how Joe Montana's undefeated and all that good stuff. But he also had Jerry Rice, John Taylor, Dwight Clark, um, just countless stars along with him. Tom Brady's had some stars. He had Randy Bleep and Moss, and they lost. So, but that was just for one of the Super Bowls. Most of the time, he had the Deion Branches of the world. And the, uh, why is he blanking on me? Why is he blank? Dante Stallworth type of type of receivers who they have some talent maybe, but they were rejects from another team because of character issues or this or that. Uh, stuff like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just an endless thing. It's an endless array of back and forth stuff. You could go on forever. He's a top two quarterback. Regardless of how you look at it, Joe Montana and Tom Brady are the two best quarterbacks ever. And if anybody wants to argue that, I think they're nuts. I think I think they're nuts. <laughs> Me and Dylan are not too high on Peyton Manning being the greatest quarterback ever. There's no way he's the greatest quarterback ever. How many playoff failures has he had? How many? Just because the New, the Indianapolis Colts got an interception and finally beat Tom Brady in 2006 <laughs> does not mean uh, somehow, some way that uh, Peyton Manning's better because they didn't get that Super Bowl too. <laughs> Because the well, the Col- the Colts got a Super Bowl with Peyton Manning, blah 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 blah. Nah, he's one and two in the Super Bowl, and he sucked hardcore in the second one. And he actually, su- yeah, he or yeah, he sucked hardcore in the third one. And in the second one, he was not very good either. He he wasn't bad, but he wasn't very good. He really wasn't. The the Saints took care of business there. They did. He just he wasn't good enough to win that game. Tom Brady was good enough to win all six of the Super Bowls he was in. The toughest time I think he had was 2007 because he had a defensive line that was flying at him nonstop the entire game. And they still had that game won if the defense could have made one more play, make an interception, you know, force Eli Manning into something crazy or uh, pull him down on that same David Tyree play. Pull him down. That's They had him in the grasp. They just didn't pull him the frick down. That's what happened. <laughs> that's, all, that, that's all it would have taken. That's five Super Bowls for Tom Brady right there if that happened. And last time, maybe somebody catch a freaking pass on that last drive because they actually had a little bit of time That in that case. <laughs> they actually had a little teeny bit of time. But what's-his-name was busy concentrating on them. He was too too busy being preoccupied by the murders he committed, that being Mr. Uh, Mr. Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, that's that's terrific there. And then Gronkowski was, was like injured and out of shape and to, to just just thinking about whatever party he was at and what party he's going to be at, regardless of what Super Bowl he's in. It's all about the party, man. That's why I love Teddy Bridgewater so much, because he's not like that. That's why I love Tom Brady so much, because he's not like that. This time around, Gronkowski, regardless of what party he was at, he was healthy and he played well. That's why I thought the uh, New England Patriots were going to win the Super Bowl. And he was one of the reasons they did win. He was. He, he got a touchdown in the game. He was a factor. He was a factor. He wasn't the main factor, but he was a factor. Uh, guys like Edelman, just fantastic along the way. But Tom Brady definitely earned that Super Bowl. He's finally got number four. <laughs> and you know what? Nobody can say, I mean, you can say all you want. Like he got, you know, the, they got lucky because of the interception and the stupid play by Seattle. But who put the Patriots ahead in the first place? Tom Brady. Who kept the t- Patriots in the game when they very easily could have been dead and gone in the thir- after that third quarter? Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Who passed for four touchdown passes against Seattle's greatest defense ever 
and the biggest stage ever when that defense should shine brightest. Tom Brady. <clears throat> he had two interceptions in the game because he's not perfect. Nobody is perfect. <laughs> and plus, he's, he's well, obviously he's older, and it was a great, beyond great defense of Seattle. But he overcame it. He overcame it. <laughs> Peyton Manning did not overcome it. Aaron freaking Rodgers did not overcome it, even though it was in Seattle, and that's the place where they just wave a magic wand and they win the game. They've pretty much been undefeated in Seattle since God knows when. Unless I'm blanking on something that happened recently. I don't think so. San Francisco had the game won last year, but they didn't win it. They just didn't win it. And we all know how it ended, and we all know who, we all know what you know who said. And we don't need to rehash that again. That tired old story. <sighs> so satisfying. So glad. And I loved what, uh, I loved what Sebastian said about Richard Sherman <laughs> off the mic, me and him, or off Facebook, whatever. Me and him in a private message. He's always there yapping and, and hemming and hawing when he gets the <laughs> when he gets the when 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 his team's winning or he makes a big play. But where is he when they lose? Eh, you know, uh, just uh, you know. At, at best, he, he he talked a little bit. He didn't really say all that much. Didn't really have all that much to say. And it was a nice image to see him walk up to Tom Brady when he was kneeling down and in the moment, like, finally, man. It's been 10 years, and I finally got the fourth Super Bowl. It finally happened. All that bad luck, all that heartbreak, all that pain the Patriots must have went through. And and I shared it with them because I'm a big fan of the Patriots. Even though I'm my number one team will always be the Vikings, I'm a big fan of the Patriots and Tom Brady. Um, all that heartbreak that took place. You know, even the, the lucky interception by <laughs> the Colts in 06, the way they came back and were so great and then have it all just vanish at the last second in 07 and the same thing happening in 11 and it looked like that was their last shot. Last year it looked like the Patriots were pretty much dead and gone. It looked like Tom Brady was pretty much dead and gone after that Kansas City game. They were just running circles around him, kicking his butt. Everybody in the media thought that Tom Brady was probably about time to wrap it up, call it a career. Not Not everybody, but a lot of people. And the next thing you know, Next thing you know, he's the best quarterback in football again, just like that, and he stayed that way. And, of course, we all know where it began. It began at TCF Bank Stadium <laughs> in southeast Minneapolis, ladies and gentlemen. Home of the Golden Gophers and a temporary one-more-year home of the Minnesota Vikings. It all started here. And Teddy Bridgewater got to see it happen in person. <laughs> Not as the starter, but as the soon-to-be starter. And I can't wait to see what Teddy Bridgewater brings to the Vikings in the coming coming years. I cannot wait indeed. Cannot. Hopefully he's another Tom Brady. Maybe. I mean, you never know. Obviously, very far-fetched, very early. But I like what I see from him at this point. I think he could be a winner. I think he absolutely has the right attitude, the right approach, the right everything. Uh, and I hope he continues. I hope he comes back next year as the same guy. I hope he doesn't come back next year kind of cocky, kind of party-ish, all that good stuff. And then I'm going to start worrying. I'm going to start worrying. <laughs> because I think Culpepper kind of did that. Granted, maybe that's who he always was anyway. But uh, we'll see what happens. We even had a... Yeah, I mean, I'll talk about that later on the fan interaction. I'm getting ahead of myself there. <laughs> even mentioning Sebastian, I'm going to talk about him on, uh, obviously, fan interaction and such as well. Uh, 
it was a very happy moment for me because, I mean, what the Patriots had been through and all that, all the talk, the flakegate, everybody hates them. Facebook, Twitter, wherever it is, in person, at work, at home, this place, that place. Oh, Seattle, 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 Seattle. Oh, I am a Seahawks fan. Even my uncle, Purple Colonel, was cheering for the Seahawks and then sent me a picture of the New England Patriots uh, championship ring. It's a, it's one of those ball needles or whatever with a with a ring, you know, around it. Yeah. Uh, I, I love you, Purple Colonel. Love you, Uncle Uncle Willie, David Willard. But, doggone it, why'd you have to pick that team? Why? Anybody but Seattle, man. Come on. <laughs> They're another Dallas Cowboys. Oh, boy. Mm, but, I mean, it's your opinion what you believe about the deflate gate, spy gate, this and that. Personally, I think that's just a team that <laughs> looks for an edge, looks to be a veteran leader. I mean, they're veterans. They know how to do this and know how to do that. And obviously, when you hear several players coming out saying, I did this, I did that with the ball. I scuffed it. I deflated. I inflated it. I did this. I did that. <laughs> I put Vaseline on it. I mean, God knows what they may have done to it. Stuff happens, folks. It happens a lot. It happens. Everybody does something. But at the end of the day... It didn't really make a difference in the Colts game because the balls were properly inflated in the second half. They used the right balls in the second half and we saw what happened. We saw what happened in the Super Bowl regardless of who inflated it what and who didn't. So there it is. You don't have to agree with me. No one does. I just want to say God bless you and thank you so, so much for your listenership and for your allowing me to give my opinions to you on this show. But before I end this segment, i got to give you a couple announcements. You'll notice that some of the sound is different and such because the uh, the hard drive on my computer is on the fritz right now. The files are fine, but the computer is unable to start up, so bear with me. Um, yeah, you're going to notice different sounds and stuff. I pieced stuff together, did some editing, put stuff together, so at least it's usable. I'm using a different computer right now, so that's what's going on there. One other announcement, though, <laughs> that I was going to mention at the beginning, but got so caught up in well, what I was saying about Dylan and my schedule and such, that... I forgot to mention that uh, Tallgrass, as of right now, I'm going to be pulling their ads off of the shows because the sponsorship may have unofficially ended because of, well, they're making some changes at Tallgrass. And the guy that was distributing the, the product to me, Tim Olson, was laid off. And the manager that referred him to me in the first place is no longer there either. Not sure what's going on. I'm going to see what happens. I'm going to see what might happen. At the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if they're not going to be able to get get to me anymore. Not sure what's going to happen. I may try other breweries locally. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe even a certain one in California. (laughs) We'll see what happens, though. Um, If not, it just kind of is what it is right now. Maybe I'm going to look in other areas. So... No animosity whatsoever to Tallgrass. Keep getting it. I'm going to keep getting it. You keep getting it. I'm so proud and just so joyful that you guys do enjoy the product that I was able to, well, bring you to. I mean, you know, 8-bit, ethos, all that good stuff. I mean, it was so so much fun and it's so enjoyable. Keep getting it. If you like it, great. Um, don't feel obligated like you have to, though. I mean, <laughs> nobody has to do anything. So, again, just want to say thank you so much. And I do appreciate... Tim Olson and and Barb at Tallgrass for uh, joining the sponsorship with me. It was a, it was wonderful, and hopefully, maybe 
we can get things up and running again. We'll see what happens. All right, time to hear your opinions. We'll be back right after this. shop on Amazon? Did you know that you can support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping and Amazon sees that we referred you and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two, fan interaction segment. Let's jump right into that Facebook page. As basically what you have to do now to get onto the Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia show. I'll get the jingles on again at some point, or, well, obviously, if I can get the, <laughs> if I can ever get the computer back working again, or the files off the computer per se, then I'll have the jingles back. Otherwise, I may make some backup ones, but I haven't yet for this show. Was digging up enough files already as it is to create uh, what I have at this point in time. All right, then. Let's try to pick up where we left off as we can. Uh, no comments on the previous episode. Again, I do apologize if it's been so long since the last show. Uh, I posted a link, Kevin Miller, the Minnesota Vikings. Nobody commented on that. And, yeah, you know, I don't really have a whole lot to say about it either. Yeah. Um, other than, well, I mean, that would be cool, I suppose. But at the same time, I mean, well, I don't know what's going to happen yet. We'll see where things go. Now there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of comments. I mean, the fan interaction will be pretty short, I believe, other than this part right here. Uh, mostly because I've been fairly inactive and probably all of us are taking a tiny little break from football. And we'll be back on Facebook a lot more often again because free agency is about to kick in and State of the Vikings will be the next episode. You know, all that good stuff where I'll want your MVP and, and all that. MVP, biggest disappointment, biggest uh, surprise. Uh, try to keep it as a player, but maybe you can have a circumstance here and there, but I'd appreciate it if it's a player. I'd, you know, prefer that it's a player, per se, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, I'll post a thread for that uh, very soon here, so we can get things ready to rock and roll with uh, probably Sebastian Balls as my co-host on that show. I think the odds are very good there. That would be very nice. I posted, I will say this one more time, go Patriots. This was before the Super Bowl. Just a little bit before, it got a whole lot of uh, back and forth here. Sebastian Ball saying amen, and he posted a picture saying, Hawks fans be like, we have a bigger fan base. And those are people that were about, look like 400 pounds or more. Bow belts, yeah, there's all kind of hate and stuff for the Patriots. And it, of course, naturally got me going. Made me more and more pissed off as the game started and into the game and beyond. I mean, yeah, you can only imagine. Bow Bell saying, can't cheer for Deflategate. Tony Coleman saying cheering for the Patriots to win the Super Bowl is like cheering for Bill Gates to win the lottery. Go Vikings West. I mean Seahawks. Uh, uh, come on, Tony. I like you, man. Why do you got to do that to me? 
uh, cheering for the Seahawks is like cheering for that obnoxious bully in school. And I basically posted that. Yeah, it's like cheering for that obnoxious classmate that never shuts up, Sherman and Baldwin. And I said, you know, ultimately I'm not here to divide half of my listenership, so please nobody take this personal. Because, yeah, I mean, I'm not here to cut people down and such. Sebastian was saying tar and feathering those bandwagon fans. <laughs> For those bandwagon fans, Sebastian again continuing saying, it's football people manage, people manage to get butt hurt. Mark Carlson saying, I like the Pats. Brady is a good player. I have enjoyed watching this team for many years, but I'm not cheering for them. Today, I cheer for the Seahawks. Supporting my Army friend who lost his team years ago when the Colts left Baltimore. Hope for a good game. No stupid calls by the refs. Cheers to my friends on Crumble Mafia Worldwide. Thank you again for that. Yeah, I mean, I understand the, the Colts, you know, and the whole Colts 45. You know, the beer Colt 45, if you could believe it, that was actually related to the Baltimore Colts. Colt 45 originated, originated in Baltimore, and uh, number 45 was a running back back in those days. I forget the name. It's in the Wikipedia or whatever you want to look up. Go check it out if you're curious. Google, whatever. Malcolm McSween was predicting Seattle 27, New England 17. Nope, didn't happen that way. Uh, Sebastian saying, I hate Sherman. I won't express my feelings publicly. <laughs> because I'd be hated. Yeah. Um, yeah, me and Sebastian had a little conversation off air about it. Yeah, we're just not big fans of Richard Sherman and the way he's just kind of a phony baloney. He's uh, got a big mouth when he's successful, and boy, when he loses. Yeah, we're still waiting for that. Uh, <clears throat> Sebastian continuing saying the most PG way I could ever think of putting it because I said I feel the same. He's an absolute punk. Yep. And I will continue to feel that way until things change. Mm-hmm. I was saying this might generate more interest. I look forward to the day that Teddy Bridgewater and the Vikings dismantle the Seattle Seahawks and go on their way to the to a Super Bowl. Mark Carlson saying, yes, yes. Yankee saying, I am all for Russell Wilson. Let's get two Super Bowl rings on a rookie contract while making the least money for a starting quarterback. Um, I can definitely respect the way you said that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just, uh, and I like Russell Wilson a lot, he, uh, Yankee, he's a, and you know, being a fairly strong Christian myself, I really, I mean, that guy is a pretty good Christian, at least the way he talks, I'm not too impressed with the whole thought of going shades of gray, though, that's not representing the Christian faith very well, 50 shades of gray, really? Hmm. But, I mean, again, I know I'm going to get the backlash saying everybody's going to be like, it's his life, he's an adult, this, that, blah, 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 blah. I don't know, it just seems a little bit on the hypocritical side as far as I'm concerned. That kind of, that didn't sit too well, but, okay, but ultimately I'm not perfect either. Look at me, I advertise beer, or at least I did. Yeah, but then again, I mean, it's not like I'm drunk, though. I don't drink heavily. Anyhow, enough of that. I'm going to dig myself way too deep. Wanda Shepard, with another wonderful two words here, go Seahawks. Sebastian sings, "I, I like Matthews, not Wilson. Hmm, I was saying, yay, more Seahawks, zombies. I like Russell Wilson, no point, just can't stand that team. Matthews, you like Matthews, not Wilson. All right, well, that's the end of that conversation, that thread. I said, I know this is insanely late, but I'd like to hear your thoughts on Teddy Bridgewater winning the Pepsi Rookie of the Year. Isn't that awesome? Let's get some comments here. we got eight to go with. Well, they're not all from other people. Mark Carlson saying, definitely a sign, great things to come. Tanae out of New Zealand. Mark Carlson out of Iowa. Tanae saying, the future is bright for the Vikings. 
And I said, I absolutely want to dismantle the Seahawks team when the time comes. Uh, Today, saying having it. Teddy definitely held to that. I, I agree. Oh, lost it. Here we go. Mark Carlson saying, boom, tie game. And that was after, yeah, the stupid BS miracles over and over again. Yeah, we'll get back to that conversation. Or <laughs> not get back to it. I mean, you you heard it already. <laughs> I'm going all over the place. Mark Carlson saying, anyone but the Cowboys, Joey, because I said they're the, basically the freaking 90s Cowboys Again, yay, just yay. But the good news is, of course, Seattle did not win, and the Cowboys won all three times they win in the 90s. So, na-na-na-na, boo-boo. Would have liked to see the Cowboys blow it against, like, Pittsburgh or whoever. <laughs> Would have been nice, or against Buffalo. Something like that. Mm-mm-mm. I said, they're as cocky and lucky <laughs> as the Dallas Cowboys. Now, do you see why I refuse to cheer for this team? Do you see the danger here? I can't go through that again. Yeah. That's how I feel about the Seattle Seahawks. Amazing how it starts with Teddy Bridgewater and it goes right back into, you know, kind of getting pissed off about the Seahawks existing. <laughs> and I say another thing that's late, but we're not here to break news. We're here to talk about it. Mick Tinglehoff is finally in the Hall of Fame. Wow. I mean, it's about bleeping time, isn't it? I mean... <laughs> One of the greatest centers of all time. Never missed a freaking game. Never missed a game. And he played during the Crazy People, the little Purple People Haters, Purple People Haters, Purple People Eaters era. Man, I might want to clean that up, but eh, whatever. It's, it, it wouldn't be radio if it wasn't a little bit, uh, you know, flawed per se, right? <laughs> you know, that's why I'm not always a big fan of edit, clean this up, because you know what? What the hell? That's that's fake. You know, you got to hear what really's going on, don't you? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, he's finally in the Hall of Fame. And I got a responses from Mark Carlson and Dave Hickey, both out of Iowa. Mark Carlson simply saying, really? Wahoo! He sounded like Super Mario there when he gets his uh, mushroom or whatever. Or no, no, when he beats the level in Mario 3, like when the... Uh, the remake of it when they have that goofy voice. But anyhow, Dave Hickey saying, Mr. Tinglehoff is well-deserving of this honor. Congratulations to him and his family and teammates. His presence on the field was a major factor in the Vikings going to four Super Bowls. And those teams were built from the lineup. Both offensive and defensive lines were filled with crow bowlers. And it was one of the main reasons we were so good. You don't see Brady running for his life on every drop back or Manning either. Uh-huh. Success is built from the ground up, so thanks, Mick. That was fantastic, Dave. I couldn't have said it better. That is a star candidate, if not a gold star guarantee right there. <laughs> it's a it's a candidate, let's just say that. Gotta get to Twitter, though. That's gonna get messy, I'm sure. And here we go. Yep, I, I have a chance to get my own gold star right here because when it comes to picking the playoffs, I get the gold star. And I'm not here to brag or boast, but I was 12-0. Undefeated. Like the 2007 Patriots. <laughs> this this is, I mean, the 2007 Patriots, how they came so close. And they lost by that miracle stinking catch by, yeah, I can't, I still don't even want to remember it. I, I don't. And I like the Giants. I actually like them. I don't absolutely hate them like the Seahawks. So this game had even more emotion involved in it. But I wanted those Patriots to win those two Super Bowls they lost to the Giants. And that 16-0 for Randy Moss was just such a heartbreaker, I'm telling you. And so it's like, here I am counting on an undefeated postseason prediction with the Patriots. 
<laughs> against the Seahawks. Can I live up to it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, thank you very much, uh, Barely. Thank you very much, Mr. Butler. I ought to give him the key to Golden Valley, the city of Golden Valley for that one. But unfortunately, I'm not the mayor. So, Mayor Shep Harris, can I please borrow the key to the city of Golden Valley and give it to Mr. Butler, please? I'd really appreciate it. 12-0, and 0, baby. 12-0. and 0. 12-0, beat the 12th man, undefeated in my postseason picks, so I do get the gold star there. Ding, 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 ding. There, there there's the sound effect. <laughs> okay, six people commented. Or was it just me bragging? No, I'm kidding. Uh, Sebastian Ball's posting pictures, mostly. Uh, it says, Seahawks fans base rest in peace. 2012 to 2015. Another picture of <laughs> Russell Wilson with kind of a dazed, like, uh, look on his face. But they said I'm elite. Guess not. And the picture of pictures right here of Richard Sherman literally about to cry as the play took place. The play that we will hear about for the next 20, 20, 30 years. And, you know, they show Ken Norwood missing the kick, missing the field goal for the Buffalo Bills and the Giants celebrating. This is pretty much the most similar thing since then. And you're going to see this play over and over again. And unfortunately for Russell Wilson, it's going to be a, it's going to be a tainted... Uh, image on his career. I mean, I'm sorry, it just is. And it's a tainted image on Mr. Pete Carroll's career. There's just nothing you can do about it. Justin, Mayor Henry, saying that was such a great game, but the pass call, so stupid. I can't even imagine what they were thinking. (laughs) Malcolm saying, can't hate on Seattle because I seriously think our team is built the same way. I hope and don't think we will talk as much trash. Thank you very much for that. He says, but I think slash hope we will be the team to beat the next five years. God, I hope so. God, I hope so. I freaking, freaking hope so. And where's all you guys not saying congratulations, Joey, or good job, Joey? Where's the where's the love, guys? Where's the love? Where's the love? <laughs> Come on, people. Well, Dave has a little bit here. Yes, Dave did give me some. <laughs> he, he wants that gold star, doesn't he? <laughs> Way to go, Joey. The new Joey the Greek. Joey the Greek. You are much better than the so-called experts in the NFL. Wow, that's a compliment. Thank you very much, Dave. That is a compliment right there. Wow. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm certainly not perfect. Well, okay, this year I was, but in the past, I mean, I've never done it before. Man, it's just, you know, I've gotten better and better at it about doing this show for the last several years now, since 2008. Since January 2008, I actually did my first uh, prediction of the Patriots barely edging the Giants in that Super Bowl. So I was over one in my very first prediction in the history of uh, Purple Mafia. Oh, wait, that wasn't even Purple Mafia. That was Paladino Live. But hey, it was like the pre-Purple Mafia, you could call it. Paladino Live, Purple Mafia, debuted back in 2008. And Okay, we'll just move on from there. Mm, that's the end of my stuff and the responses. There's only one, well, two more, I guess. There's a picture, a video posted by Sebastian Balls uh, a, a long time ago saying... Playoffs, Buffalo Bills, Parade, music video. Check that out if you like. And Brent Jacobson bringing up an interesting topic as we slide our butts into free agency here. And we'll probably talk about this with Sebastian in the future here with State of the Vikings 2015. Man, still waiting on those flying cars. I don't know where the heck they are. Where the heck are those flying cars, damn it? Come on. I want my flying DeLorean. Marty! Get to the DeLorean! Okay, anyhow... Brent saying, would you trade AP for Larry Fitzgerald, assumingly straight up? I heard Dave Sinekin on the fan speculating about the possibility. I'm intrigued because Fitz would help Patterson and Johnson's development. 
He would. He would, Brent. Um, the problem is the money and the and the fact that Fitzgerald is yesterday's news when it comes to wide receiver. And I'm the kind of guy I love veterans. I love history. I love to respect veterans. I hate the way the young generation, Richard Bleepin Sherman, does not respect veterans at all. He does not respect history. He doesn't respect anything. That is the millennial attitude that I freaking hate. <laughs> you know, it is. And I hate it. Like, 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 obviously the way he dissed Mr. Daryl Revis with the whole 2-4 bullshit. Pardon my French. That's bullshit. You need to be more respectful than that. But anyhow, point to, let's get back to where I need to be. <laughs> yeah, I, I love Richard Sherman, can't you tell? Um, but at the end of the day, Larry Fitzgerald's kind of becoming yesterday's news. Now, he still can play, I think, obviously. And I think he would be a nice boost. Maybe he'd have a nice kind of resurgent type of season. But poor quarterback player, not in Arizona. It just—he just doesn't seem to have it the way he did in the past, and he's going to be damn expensive. Now, I suppose the money—you're paying Adrian Peterson a lot of money, or you would pay Adrian Peterson a lot of money, depending if he's here or not—and you trade that money away for Fitzgerald's money, and we'll see how much Fitzy wants. He won't probably demand as much here as he would from Arizona because of he probably. To stay there, he'd feel he needs to get rewarded for being there and helping them get to the Super Bowl years ago and being this, the top receiver in football that he was for a long time. Or maybe he would take less to come home and, you know, because he figures, well, I guess my leverage is gone now with Arizona and possibly other teams in the NFL. Might as well come home and see if I could tutelage uh, Mr. Bridgewater and obviously the other guys. But then you still have Greg Jennings, so now we just cut Greg Jennings after what he did with Bridgewater last year? You know, it's not a bad idea, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, that's kind of where I'm leaning towards on that one, Brent. Um, good, though. I mean, I'm glad you posted that, and I heard the same thing. I, I like In the Zone and all that good stuff, especially because of basketball talk, because In the Zone's basketball, and then, but Sinekin being the Packer fan he is. and Yeah, I don't know. Some of the petty back and forth with uh, him and Viking fans that are actually as petty as, as any Packer fan sometimes when it comes to talking with Sinekin. Eh, you know. It, it's a good show, though. I like it. Not not that they need my help. I could use theirs, though. Hey, guys, can you please shout out to Brewer Mafia sometime? Yeah, okay. Well, I'll be waiting on that. This show could use a little bit of marketing. I Yeah, it just, it really could, couldn't it? Twitter account, at Purple Mafia Show. There we go. I marketed it Purple Mafia now. See? I did. Robin Sullivan saying, <laughs> ready for tomorrow, hashtag Super Bowl, blah, blah, blah. Super Bowl, whatever it is, and I said uh, I'm ready for the football season to be over and for Seattle to lose. <laughs> football overload. Yeah, sometimes I get overloaded from football because there's a lot going on, but that postseason was freaking fun. and Obviously, I enjoyed it if I was undefeated, and, you know, obviously, I was paying attention very closely in order to be undefeated. Like, I, I got a vibe, and that's developed over the course of many years that I've developed. I feel a vibe from teams, and I'm experienced now Looking at the Cincinnati Bengals, they're going to lose every single time. And like I said on the last show, I wish it was last week, but now it's been many weeks <laughs> since the last show, which I, I do apologize again for. The Colts are the new the Colts are the new Baltimore. And that sounds kind of awkward because of the Colts and Baltimore, but how they're kind of stepping up, stepping up. And the Baltimore Ravens may also be doing the same thing again. Don't be surprised if the Baltimore Ravens are, are in the AFC Championship game next year against the Baltimore Colts. <clears throat> Excuse me, Indianapolis Colts. Don't be surprised. That might be a real early prediction. Don't be surprised at all. 
And also, don't be surprised if the Patriots are back in trying to go back-to-back. Kind of actually wouldn't be disappointed if they were. Ray Robin Sullivan saying, well, aren't you just a ray of sunshine this morning? Do I sense a bit of sarcasm or bitterness, dear Joey? I understand that. I'm going to the Polar Plunge today, and we had a little conversation about that back and forth. She did the Polar Plunge, so get some props for me. Robin, really, really appreciate that. And I hate this. I hate it. She posted a picture saying, <laughs> oh, I hate it. She said, I know, Joey, I know, bad, but had, but had to share so wrong the deflated uh, football uh, yeah, cookies or whatever they're called. Uh, why'd you have to do this to me? Deflated cake. Tom's deflated cake. Uh, anyhow. No, nah, it's okay. Dave Martin, back in the saddle again. Really, really, really missed him. Hadn't heard from him for a few weeks. And uh, yeah, welcome back, buddy. He was saying, I just don't care. Hope you're well, my purple friend. And yep, I do appreciate that. I was like, of course, everyone's on Seattle's jock. I'll never understand it. And yeah, no, I'll, I'll never understand it. Just like when everyone was on the Oklahoma City Thunder's jock. When all, all they were doing was showing off and and had no respect for anybody that was like even slightly older than them or had done more than them in the past. Just no respect for their opponents. And I think that's that's BS or the people that came before them. That's just wrong. Uh, Dave continuing saying, seeing as the Sea Shakers beat the Slackers, gotta go with the Vikings Northwest. Ugh. Okay, I know, it's okay. He said, I just don't care to be honest. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, I like this. Uh, Dave Martin saying, Katy Perry, crap choice, need I say more? Thank you. Thank you. You know how much I watched Katy Perry's halftime show? I didn't watch it at all. I changed the channel and uh, left the room and I don't know, just did other things for a little bit. Took a little break, just because I was nervous as hell about the game. Could, could could you blame me? It was the closest game ever. Scary as all hell. I mean, you know, I don't give a shit about Katy Perry. And man, I gotta quit swearing. Sorry, because I mean, I'm sure not everybody wants to hear that. Where the, the rest of you don't care. And some of you might be getting bothered by it. So maybe some of my friends are Maranatha, so I do apologize about that. But no, I don't care about these modern pop singers. I... It's unwatchable, unlistenable. I don't care what their cup size is. I don't care what how I don't care how perfectly shaped their butt is. I don't care. I really don't care. If you can't sing, get the hell off my get the hell off my TV. I don't want to hear it. So, and I don't necessarily rep- like what all these people represent either. I think it's a bad, bad example that the country is turning towards. Anyhow, I better cut this out. I'm getting too far, getting too deep for you, Doctor No Smoking. At MN Wild King. Hey, cool. Yep, he was agreeing with me about the Patriots. I was saying, do we live in a generation where being an ass makes you popular and being classy makes you boring? He simply said, yep. And we kind of had a back and forth conversation. He was saying how uh, basically the uh, people like the drama and the bull crap about all that. Yeah, like Richard Sherman's an ass, yet they say he's a character. And Jeff Dubay on the Jeff Dubay show came up with the same rant. In fact, he really went on it. He's like, he, Richard Sherman is a bleeping a-hole. <laughs> Why? I'm sick and tired of people saying he has character. He's a bleeping a-hole and all that stuff. And I was like, yes, Jeff Dubay, I love you even more than I ever did. You know, I mean, I've always loved that guy. Um, yeah, that's a podcast that's worth it. And again, he doesn't need my help either. I could sure use his, though. Uh... Yep, Robin Sullivan also responded to that, saying, Unfortunately, yes, Joey said, isn't it? Therefore, we are boring. Agree. I prefer class over that any day of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, back and forth, Robin Sullivan is mad about something. I said, I hate it. Yeah, that stupid catch 
right out of the gate when Seattle got the ball back. Like Patriots is like the exact same situation over again. And this was not the the off the legs catch. It was the one right before it, the pass to uh, beast mode, as they like to call him. Everybody acts like suddenly they're like the boy oh boy beast mode. Oh, oh, oh beast mode. Oh, 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 you probably didn't even know who he was two years ago. Most of you freaking bandwagon lovers. You didn't even know who he was, and you sure as hell didn't call him Beast Mode. You called him Marshawn Lynch, because he was on the Buffalo Bills, and nobody gave a rat's behind about the Buffalo Bills. So get out of here. Get out of here. Anyhow, um, today's saying I hope you're still watching then, Joey, because I, uh, I was about to conk out, and I said, oh, shut up, blind luck, because people were saying how it was the greatest play ever off the feet. Yeah, that pissed me the bleep off, and then... I started freaking out, getting excited, and everybody was retweeting and favoriting a lot of stuff I was saying, bleep you Seahawks and all that stuff. Yeah, I was, I've been getting more vulgar on here, and that might not be a good thing, but my emotions just went crazy, went crazy during this game, especially the ending, and we know what happened, and it was the most wonderful thing ever, and I appreciate it, and it's about time the Patriots' luck finally went their way rather than the other team's way. Oh, man. Uh, Tanae Brown saying he looked to be taking it well, especially compared to the rest of the team, and that is, yeah, I said there is one man I feel sorry for, and that's Russell Wilson. The rest of them can stuff it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I didn't even see who started the fight. Yeah, that was just funny, but it, I, I, ultimately it was Michael Bennett, which kind of surprised me. He's one of the classier Seahawks, so, hmm. I don't know. Obviously, he's frustrated. He worked his ass off the whole game, and then to have things go the way they did, I couldn't have sat well. We're about to wrap up this. This is kind of a long segment because even though there wasn't hardly anything on Facebook, there's always a lot of emotion during that Super Bowl. Malcolm McSween, post-Super Bowl. One of my favorite people, unfortunately. Well, yeah, Malcolm's one of my favorite people, but also one of these players saying, uh, yeah, Packer. Gosh, i got to stop snapping my lips. Packers, defensive tackle, Troy Guyon, arrested, charged with multiple felonies. And there's articles and stuff on there. And... Uh, so sad. I mean, I like Latroy Guyon, but now he's probably he's going to be gone from the Packers, and God knows what's going to happen to him next. And come come back home, I guess. I don't know. Probably not. Mm, probably not. Malcolm also saying Florida attempted to recruit Teddy Bridgewater as a wide receiver. As a wide receiver, isn't that something? <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? You just you just never know what can happen sometimes. It's just crazy. I mean, I can see. Uh, Colin Kaepernick is a wide receiver. He's tall and fast and all that. I can see him as a kick returner, all that crazy stuff. Isn't that crazy? But anyhow, uh, this is spam and this and that. What is Malcolm posting here? I remember seeing it. Uh, it's loading and it is, oh yeah, a Browns, a Browns player, according to my uh, Mark Sessler around the NFL writer, was saying, he said, uh, the Browns player said, I th- think where we'd be with Bridgewater. Isn't that cool? I mean, think about all that. Remember that night in draft night when a lot of people were like, uh, we didn't get Johnny Menzel and we got Bridgewater. Uh, yeah, we had to sell for Bridgewater. 30-second pick, you know, at least we got a quarterback of the future, but it's like a crapshoot. I mean, you saw how poor his pro day was, and he wears gloves, and, and he sucks when it's cold out, and he's got no arm, and he's not mobile, and he's Ah, yeah, whatever. He's he's supposedly kind of a smart player, but ah, whatever. And then he ends up being, oh my God, he ends up being somebody I'm just going to fall in love with as a football player. (laughs) 
I'm going to close with something here really shortly because it's, you know, I've been wanting to say this. <laughs> uh, Malcolm was saying, I just hope we found our, we finally found our guy. Malcolm was saying it was an amazing game, the Super Bowl, that being, being loved it. Uh, Schrader, hated Canucks. What's going on here? Oh, there must have been an accident. I must have tweeted out a Brave the Wild <laughs> tweet on Purple Mafia. Whoops, Robin favorite it, so she must like the Wild too. I know she's a Red Wings fan. Uh, she's uh, yeah, that's kind of funny, but yeah, she likes hockey, and that's cool. We could probably have a nice hockey conversation, Robin, sometime. Yeah, anytime you want, actually. I love hockey, and hockey's going on right now, and do check out Brave the Wild. It could use your love out there. It could use your love. Speaking of love, though, Teddy Bridgewater, <laughs> there's something about him, man, that when, when I think about him, and, and some of the stuff I was saying on the last show that I was hinting at, about, you know, I see some stuff about him that just makes me feel so good. It makes me feel so confident in him in the future. And, <laughs> I mean, he, he's the kind of quarterback. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, the quarterback, the personality, the the desire to get better, the desire to win. That so I've, I've been watching the Vikings for 20, this is going to be 20, yeah, 23 years now. It's going to be 23 years so 22 years officially, or has it been 23? Yeah, it has been 23 years officially that I've been watching the Vikings. Full season, preseason to postseason, or whatever. But there hasn't been a single quarterback <laughs> on the Minnesota Vikings roster that I have not loved better than <laughs> when I'm than, than Teddy Bridgewater. And yes, I know it's early, but there, there's something about this kid that I, I just love him. You know, and I feel so good about him taking over the reins of this team. The, like I said, the personality, the desire to get better, and just knowing how to play, just knowing how to play, and loving the game to the level he does, and and you can see it. I I just want to close with that because obviously all my ranting about the Seahawks and my rejoicing about the Patriots and how I love Tom Brady. Well. What does Tom Brady like more than anything else? It's the game of football. I mean, he loves his family. Obviously, family, I'm sure his family comes first and all that good stuff. And that's great. But he loves the game of football. And Teddy Bridgewater, from all indications, he truly loves the game of football. He's not here to party. He's here to play football. And he's here to he's here to do, I mean, from what I can tell, he wants to win so bad. And he wants to be... He wants to be something special so badly. I mean, you, it just oozes from him. And if you can't see it, well, you will see it. Maybe maybe I have the, the gift to see it earlier than some people. Some people, not everybody. <laughs> but there's something about this kid that, I mean, I, I just, you know, I love him. Plain and simple, I love him. That is something I'd like to end this show with because... It's going to be all Viking football conversation in State of the Vikings. And Teddy Bridgewater is going to be all over it, as are guys he may be throwing the football, guys he's currently throwing the football, and guys he may be throwing the football next season starting in August. Young rookie, maybe. Maybe a young rookie, one of them. We'll see what happens. With that, though, give me a little bit of love out there if you could. If you haven't done a review about Purple Mafia on iTunes, I could use your help. I, I could. Uh, uh, it's not a desperate need, but it only helps the show. 
it only makes it more attractive to a potential listener out there that's digging around looking at shows and stuff and when a show has a decent amount of five star or four star ratings and some positive reviews to it well it's more attractive might be they might be willing to give it a shot because there have been a lot of people that come into the show, like the thought of the show, with no expectations whatsoever. They, so they don't listen. And they just don't listen. And they don't listen. But then they all of a sudden finally listen. And they're like, hey, Joey, that was pretty good. <laughs> well, you need that first impression to get them to listen. Like, press that damn play button. Rather than just, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll get around to it some year. <laughs> well, let's get them around to it. That would be appreciated. Tell a friend if you could. And again, thank you in advance for those of you that would review it. You will get a star, and you will also get uh, a nice, kind shout-out. Speaking of stars, this episode's gold star is going to go to Dave Hickey. Silver star, Malcolm. Bronze star is going to go to Dave Martin. Dave Martin, nice back and forth. And an honorable bronze star. Or, yeah, and a tie for bronze star to Robin Sullivan. Nice conversation back and forth. Kind of fun. You know, I mean, how can you not like it? Oh man, I, I just want to thank all of you so much for your listenership and your your kind words that you've that you've given me over the time course of time. Your support, your retweeting the show and sharing the show on Facebook. I can't say enough about how much I appreciate you. And it's been a wonderful season. <laughs> but luckily Purple Mafia will be hanging on. I'm going to be in and out at times just because my schedule is busy and because it's the off-season and sometimes I need a little break and I also got other shows to do. Timberwolves Explosion, Brave the Wild, and Showtime and T-Wolves. We'll get that going again at some time. That show is so much freaking fun to do and it's, it's oh man, I have such a blast with, with Vince. I, I, I miss doing that. Hopefully we can get that up pretty soon in this next week. So again, thank you all again so much. I know I've been dragging it a little bit here. We will... Uh, be back in the next week, two weeks, maybe three tops, maybe early March or so, with Sebastian Balls for State of the Vikings 2015. And until then, stay warm and take care. <laughs>